and you're listening to Scoop and Score Radio Show here on WXVU. We got a packed show. Week 8 of the NFL season is complete. The first college football rankings come out. We are one week away from college basketball, and we are in the middle of the World Series. So stay tuned for 90 minutes. All right, we're back. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Vervo, with the uh, co-host, Matt Topoluski, Clayton Perona. Excited to be back. Uh, start off with a little recap of Week 8, maybe. Big week for the NFL. Yeah, we're right, like, almost, we're, no, not almost, pretty much at the midpoint of the season because the trade deadline is uh, over in three hours. Maybe uh, we could be breaking some trades on the show. It's, yeah, there may be some breaking news, you know. Adam Schefter trade noti- or tweet notifications are officially on. I know it's been. A That's. I uh, see. It's. This is. It's weird this year for the Jets because apparently we're. If we're gonna do anything, we're gonna buy, and I can't even tell you the last time we bought at the trade deadline. Like I, it, it baffling. Yeah, I know. Uh, same with the Giants, but the Giants probably will not do anything, and I'll talk later about that. But like the first big trade today so far. Uh, we'll see if it's going to be active because obviously this players that are rumored to be traded, but Hawkinson was not expected to be yeah, traded at all because he's also still very young. That kind of that shocked me. That's a that's a solid solid deal for the Vikings. Yeah, let alone to a division rival. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Lions are complete sell mode and the Vikings are complete buy mode. Uh, I think the second and the third was what the uh, Vikings gave up for Hawkinson, and I think a fourth. So I, I think it's a win for both teams. The Lions need picks, and the Vikings. I guess they need more playmakers. I would think they would help their defense more, but you know the Vikings are just going to do whatever it takes to to win now. I guess. Yeah, the, I mean the thing about Hawkinson is that every year he's been expected to break out, and like he's shown flashes in some games, but he has been able to put it together. And now we'll know whether he's this potential pro ball tight end or whether he's kind of just. 
this really good athlete who just can't stay healthy and can't put it together. Because now he's going to a team that team that's six and one. Yeah, I, I think that what the Vikings are like, they're saying like the NFC is weak this year. You have the Eagles, and you're probably the second or third best team in the NFC. So you want to try to get over that hump to try to beat the Eagles because the Eagles' defense is stacked. So and you're three games up in a division already. So why not just get an extra piece? So I think that's what the Vikings' mentality yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at their offense, you have Jefferson and Thielen out wide. Yeah. Now you have Hawkinson at because they had Irv Smith, but I just I don't think yeah, he's and that he, good. And he's hurt. And then you got I guess a mix of you got Osborne in the slot. I don't know who else they use in the slot. Dalvin Cook at running back. Cousins, who's just average. He's an average quarterback, but behind a good cast of characters. He's serviceable. And I I assume their offensive line's been. I mean, they're six and one. Their offensive yeah. line must be playing pretty well this year. Yeah, and at this point, it seems like with the Vikings, if they don't make a deep run this year, it's the it's the quarterback's fault. They've given Kirk Cousins everything he needs. They're good this year. Their only bad loss was the Eagles, and that was probably because of Kirk Cousins on prime time. <laughs> so that we'll we'll have to see now. But if 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 the Vikings don't make it to at least the NFC Championship game. They've got to at least consider bringing in a new quarterback. I agree because I think they brought an offensive coach, and then they have playmakers. Their defense is pretty solid, so I agree with that. I it think. reminds me of the Chiefs, like back in 2017 or 2016, where they were like Smith. they were like really good every year. They could win the division with Alex Smith as their quarterback, but they just couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs. He wasn't good enough to like, actually win a game for them. They have a new GM, and so then, it depends how aggressive like they are yeah. searching for quarterback. So all right, that's we'll like see. the biggest news on trade deadlines right now. Uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, Tony, Tony to the Chiefs. If you want to, just I, j- the first tweet on my on my timeline is Richard Sherman again digging in at Russell Wilson. <laughs> like I cannot get over the fact that, I mean, did uh, Lockett said something during the game too? Like it's it's incredible what thing what can be done when no one takes the credit. Sherman rips into him. Marshawn Lynch rips in. I mean, I've I've never seen someone that was like so beloved by every. It seemed like he was so beloved in Seattle to now, like, oh my God, like it's just it's it's like bad. It's like every week more stuff comes out about how selfish he is. I, yeah, that's a little off topic, but I no I a win for the Seahawks it. is a win for Richard Sherman, honestly, because he just. Bashes Russell Wilson and yeah. like Geno Smith is like we can all agree like Geno Smith has been a better quarterback. This I year. I also saw the the fade Metcalf ran on the Kenneth Walker touchdown. <laughs> Kenneth Walker had the ball and uh, uh uh Adoree Jackson is just watching Metcalf and Metcalf like runs like a fake fade and like he has his hands up thinking he's gonna get the ball and Walker just walks. I right didn't in. even see that, but it was G- oh, well, uh, like game time. But I it's genius. That was great. That was, that yeah, was that, a great decision. Why I oh why don't. Like wide receivers should do that more often. I know, I, I mean, know. <laughs> That's just good at football IQ. Yeah. But um, if you want to start with some week eight games, I guess we can. Giants and Jets both lost. Our four game win streaks have come to a sad conclusion. Tough go. Uh, and the Chiefs were on by this week. Mm-hmm. Um, solid games this week. Um, you know we're right at the midpoint season, so the Jets are at five and three. Chiefs are at five and two. Giants are at six and two. So all of us are above 500, so we're all enjoying the ride for a little bit. But obviously now it's like time to make moves. Now's the time to – obviously everybody has their own flaws. Everybody's trying to find their identity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I can start with Yeah, the go for it. Start with the Jets. Yeah, go for it. So Jets, a tough uh, 22 – what was it? 22-17 loss. Um, just 
kind of a gut-wrenching loss almost. It's This is the most anticipated home game at MetLife for the Jets in years since 2015, Week 16, where they beat the Pats. That was the last time that they beat the Pats. You know, you're sitting at 5-2. and two. You got to feel confident, but you just had two killer, arguably your two best offensive players go down. You have your next three games are versus Pats, versus Bills, at Pats. So you're thinking if you're going to win one of those three key divisional games, this is your best shot. And it's right after a week where the Patriots got destroyed by the Bears at home on Monday Night Football. And it it looked good early. I had no complaints early. Zach Wilson was playing well. He had a beautiful ball to Garrett Wilson. He had a nice throw to Tyler Conklin. The defense, as always, playing well. Uh, get up, have a nice 10-3 lead and. They, they have the ball on their side of the field. Wilson throws a terrible pass off his back foot. He airmails the running back. It's like, all right, that was one bad pass, but yeah, we can get over it. Like a few plays later, Mac Jones throws one of the worst passes I've ever seen, like right to Michael Carter on defense. It, it was like an 85-yard pick six. Flag. The flag also came on the screen like when Carter was in the end zone. So I'm thinking like, oh, it's like after the play. Maybe it's not a touchdown roughing the passer and this is franklin myers that's his third time this season where he's hit a quarterback not that hard but it was late and like high in his chest and you as a veteran defensive lineman you have to know you can't do that so it goes from a 17 to 3 game with the crowd electric after that pick to then crowds a little quiet pat score it's 10-6 pats get the ball to start the half it's 13-10 and then jets like three and out 16-10. Crowd's out of it now. Defense is still playing well, but and then Wilson just throws two of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. The one, uh, he had a quote last week where he said, it's, it gets boring to throw the ball away. And that's like something a high school quarterback would say. So to have your uh, NFL quarterback say that is a bit concerning. He tries to throw it out of bounds. It's, it's a I don't even know. It's a terrible pass. I thought I thought the corner was out, but they didn't even they like looked at it for like a second, whatever. Like it was it was a bad enough throw where I wasn't mad that the refs missed the call. And then the next one, like what are you doing all year, Wilson? He does a great job of evading like evading the pressure. He gets outside, and all year he just like chucks the ball up where and then there's like four defenders he did it twice earlier in the game and i'm thinking i'm sitting with ricky who's a patriots fan in our friend group i'm like like he's he's going to throw a pick at at some point and he <laughs> there were there were literally four patriots there it was a horrible pass at that point i mean the game's basically over it was 22 to 10 they the, mims has a nice catch uh wilson hits conklin again 22-17, but the game really wasn't that close. After the roughing the passer play, the entire team completely rolled over, and the defense was just out on the field way too much in the second half. I mean, the defense played well, but when you're getting left out to dry by your quarterback, there's not much you can do. And the takeaway from this game is that, like I, I said, the one silver lining after Brees Hall got hurt was whether, like we will know whether Wilson's the guy or not by the end of the year. If he continues to play like this, you're going to be looking at getting a quarterback in the offseason. Whether Whoa. whether it's whether it's 
like a veteran guy like Jimmy G. Whether, I give a quarterback three years. Jason says two years. What? No, it, not it, even if, two. This is like week week. This eight? is this is this is his eight. This He's is been injured like all no. last season. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying by the end of this year, we'll know. If we finish the year with like six or seven wins, he's probably not the guy. The old, the positive from this game he threw for 350 yards and two touchdowns, but those interceptions are just bad. Bad mechanics. I'll give your, you your feet aren't set. As an NFL quarterback, you have to get those. Bit, you got to get your feet set. You got to be able to move up in the pocket instead of like floating back, where then you have that chance of getting that extra sack yardage, and then you're trying to play hero ball. It's he like he's looked worse than people say. Like, you can compare. I would say Trevor Lawrence looks a lot like Josh Allen his first year and a half where he was trying to play a little too much hero ball. And you can think he can put it together. Wilson, he's not even, like, other than this game, he's not really passing for a lot of yards, and he's not he's not, he's not not throwing touchdowns. And it, it was fine against the Packers and Broncos because they game manage because you have a guy like Brees Hall, and you can afford a game manage. But now Wilson is going to have to perform. James Robinson will get more in the fold. He only had five carries. I think he'll have, like, 10 to 12. Carter will have 8 to 9. This, your snap share will be, like, 45, 45, 10 for the three running backs. But it all comes down to Wilson this year. We have a great defense. PFF said we have the number one defense. It's not number one. But I would say we easily have a top top 10, I would argue, like top six to eight defense. But the it, it all go, it all comes down to the offense. And defense will always keep you in games. Defense so. will always keep us in games. But when I was – that was the worst Zach Wilson's looked since basically the Patriot game last year. He hit the one thing he hadn't been doing all year. He hadn't been playing well, but he wasn't. There were no like turnover worthy plays, and he had three of the worst interceptions I think I've ever seen. One was just a dump off to your running back. One Garrett Wilson was open and calling for the ball. I get not throwing it to Wilson because that's a tough throw when you're on the run, but just throw it away. You literally threw it right to a defender. And then the third one was just it was like the Amari Cooper interception, like nobody was there. <laughs> So I, you're five and three. You have a great defense. You have you have to think that you at least want to get to eight to nine wins, right around that five hundred mark. Yeah, I think he got to get at least nine. If Wilson plays like a top fifteen quarterback, the team can get ten to eleven wins. If he plays like he did yesterday, we're gonna have six to seven wins, and we're gonna look back at the season and say. We got held back by our quarterback instead of wow, this is a young quarterback taking the next step because he looked the he's looked the worst he has all year and it's week eight. Your quarterback should get better. I'll give him one pass because it's against Bill Belichick, and Belichick knows how to coaches very well against young quarterbacks. But I'm I'm getting a little nervous about Zach Wilson after this game. The most nervous I've been through his entire career. But I I will give him till the end of the season. Some Jet fans are already out on him after this week. I'll give him till the end of the year. But he needs, he at least needs to get, show some sort of progress by the end of the year. And if he does, I think we can make the playoffs. If he doesn't, we won't. So if, if the Jets don't make the playoffs, you want a new quarterback. That's what you're saying. Not, not necessarily. It, it's more on how he plays. Like if it, you got the Bills this week, the Patriots, like at New England, you got a game, you're at Buffalo later, you're at the Vikings. If we can stay competitive in those games and Wilson, he's not turning the ball over, he's, he's hitting the easy throws, like those dump-off throws, 
maybe like a few stretch plays down the field. He can maybe hit Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's open every once in a while, but Wilson Wilson doesn't throw to him. It's just if he plays like he has the past three weeks, I don't think he's the guy. Like if this is if he just continues to play the way he has for the past three weeks, I don't see how you can look at Zach Wilson and say this is a franchise guy. You're gonna need to at least bring in a veteran guy in the off season to challenge him. I'm not saying like throw him away. I'm not saying draft someone in the first round because then you're going through that same cycle that always happens. But if a Jimmy Garoppolo, if a guy – Tannehill won't be a free agent, but if a guy like Tannehill, just someone who is pretty much a game manager is out there, I think you got to try and get him because he, Wilson just needs – maybe a little extra pressure will push him over the edge. Maybe now this one bad game, he looks back at the film, he flips the switch – but just something needs to change. Like, there needs to be some urgency. Here's what I'll say about it as a, a non-Jets fan. But if I was a Jets fan, I could easily convince myself that he's still the guy based on just this game. Because when you look at, like, you look at the interceptions, the first one is because he's, like, throwing from his back foot. That's something he could easily do at BYU and get away with. And now it's like he he didn't really play a lot. Did he get hurt last year? He, he For a he's, while. I think he's technically only uh, – it's – it's only like a I, I gotta find it. There was a stat on like how many starts he's had since the start of his college career, and it's not that many. Yeah, he he's football young. Like that's that's something that like you try you when yeah. you're young you what think I, you can do everything and you just yeah. have to learn. Okay, you can't do that. I, one of the that's funny that you said that because when I was talking to my dad on the way back from class today, I was like. These these throws, like in high school and college, he's making these throws yeah. with ease. But now the playing field is when you're playing even. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Now now the playing field is even and he can't he can't do that anymore. You can't throw off your back foot anymore because instead of that ball just getting like batted down and now it's gonna get picked off. Yeah, you're playing instead NFL of defense. Instead of that throw like that throw toward the sideline, a cornerback is gonna make a beat on the ball where in college the corners really aren't. They're not that good. And then that that one throw is just I just think he's it's a little too much hero ball. But But like that's what comes with being like you're young. But, like he had to do that at BYU and now he like he doesn't have to do that. He's trying to make make a play. Like his last interception he was just trying to like force it down to a guy. Like that's just and then the second interception, he's just throwing it away and isn't getting it enough outside. Like all three of these are things that are easy fixes. And then when you look at the rest of the game, like compared to Mac Jones, he threw 350 yards. Mac Jones didn't even throw for 200. He had two touchdowns compared to Mac Jones's one. It's like he's he's showing you signs that he can be the good. He's just is very very football young and raw, and needs time to like develop that. And to throw him away after this is I I I do like that take. Just the fact that this happened to the Patriots is just so. It's like, but everyone, every rookie quarterback struggles I know, against the Patriots. I know. All I can think of is Darnold well, seeing ghosts and throwing like four interceptions. It's just. I think what you're worried about is that, like, compared to like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, the Jets, out of all these teams, I think have the most talent out of all the second-year quarterbacks. So you're concerned that, like, maybe like Zach Wilson, you would think that would. Progress or take a, leap, I, a I would step have, up with the talents around him. I would have hoped that he would have stopped making plays like these at this point because he's done it all year, and he he he's done it all year. The one thing I guess I'll give a break for is that he's done these plays all year, and 
he's gotten away with not throwing a pick, and now he didn't get away with it in this game through two picks. His performance lost us the game. So if those Joe, three if, interceptions, if Joe Flacco played, do the Jets win this game? Absolutely not. Joe Flacco threw four interceptions <laughs> in his last start with the Jets. I don't get why people want him or Mike White to play. The only reason I'd want Mike White to play is because Mike last White. year, week eight, we remember what happened. Mike White was went off against the Bengals. But Flacco would not have been any better. It, I, I hate being out on young – it's just from my perspective – Every time a quarterback has started to kind of flail away at the end of his second year, Darnold, Gino, Sanchez. It's just like it's the same story every single time with our young quarterbacks. And I, I, I hope Zach takes a step, learns from this game, realizes that it might be boring, but when you have a team like this, you got you to gotta throw that ball away sometimes. And then, because he's still taking shots downfield, that nice throw to 65-yard throw to Mims. The throw to Garrett Wilson was a beautiful throw. Like, if if you if you would have told me after the first quarter the game would have ended, if we get first quarter Zach Wilson for the rest of the year, I think we make the playoffs, and Wilson is definitely the guy. He looked great. He was confident. He was getting the ball out. It's when he doesn't get the ball out quick and he tries to just play hero ball that he d- looks terrible. But it's it's also when you see him trying to play hero ball, it you wa- like I want it to work the way he can evade pressure, <laughs> like he he's able to do it, and then it just leads to I feel like it leads to nowhere. Yeah. Um, Who would you want the Jets to get though? Like you you already have five wins. Lamar. You're probably gonna win a couple more. Like, Lamar. You mean, you mean next year? Yeah, like you'd have to get like Jimmy Lamar. G. Like, you're not gonna I'm, draft anyone good. No, yeah, yeah. I you're not gonna draft anyone. I would I would say just to bring in a veteran to put some pressure, or someone he can learn from, because he's learned from Flacco now for two years. If you can just get like, I I think if if Jimmy G accepts that he's gonna be a backup, I think he's a good guy to have because he's. He's he's played he, – he won a Super Bowl with the Pats, didn't he? Like, technically as a backup. Yeah, he won two, I think. So, technically – He won he, the year that he he's, started. He's, been in, a, he's been in a winning locker room. He made a Super Bowl as a starter. And I think he's a guy that just Wilson – Wilson is definitely more talented than Jimmy G. But Jimmy G just finds a way to win. And, like, a, a that game against the Patriots, a good quarterback wins that game. It's it's plain and simple. We we outplayed the Patriots in that game. It like I'm I'm very I'm very conflicted on Wilson, but I think he needs he at least needs to take the next step. Like I agree with you that all those plays are are avoidable in the future. It's just he's done this he's done this like every week where he like throws it toward the sideline and it like almost gets picked. He throws it where there's like four white four uh, white jerseys down the field. But now that like it actually got picked, maybe that's what he I'm, needs. I'm to... hoping that that, that and that it's changes. it's the Patriots. Like no one does well against the Patriots. It it's like but normally like, like looking back, Russell Wilson in his rookie year, actually he had a pretty good game, two hundred ninety three yards, three touchdowns. But then Andrew Luck, three interceptions against Bill Belichick in twenty twelve. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Got sacked three times, only threw for 186 yards. Um, Geno Smith, three interceptions. Derek Carr, an interception, only 174 yards. 
Marcus Mariota, only 32 yards. Daniel Jones had three picks his rookie year. Yeah, I, I was naming good quarterbacks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Goff, two <laughs> interceptions, only 160 yards. Deshaun Watson's two interceptions. Uh, Josh Allen, two interceptions, 217 yards. Sam Darnold, four sacks, 167 yards. Daniel Jones, three interceptions. Uh, Justin Herbert, two interceptions, only 200 yards. And Tua, only 145 yards in interception. I think last year Wilson threw three picks against the Pats, too. Yeah, so he's like he's still young. He got hurt last year. He got hurt at the start of this year. I I w- I don't know. Like if it, if this was his like fifth year doing it, then yeah, it's, he's probably not going to be the guy. But I'm not as a I'd neutral wait. fan. I'm not ready to okay. be out I'd on wait. him. I'd maybe maybe I'm being too. It's just. That well, here's the thing. You're going to at least see how he does yeah. the next time well, you play the Patriots. I, th- no, you're going to be, you well, you're gonna be in the thick of the wild card game, and the pressure is going to start to, like, okay, you have to make a spot. Like, then, like, you're going to be, like, more mm-hmm. amped up on that. Zach has to play well in order for us to make the playoffs. When you're, like, eight wins and, like, there's three teams tied with you for a sixth seed and seventh seed, and you need Zach Wilson to beat the Seahawks, and you need Zach Wilson to go beat the Jaguars that you may be favored against, but, like, you need, like, a good performance mm-hmm. to outperform Trevor Lawrence. There were, there were two tweets that caught my eye yesterday. One was that Zach Wilson's stats are eerily similar to Darnold, Geno, and Sanchez. And he honestly, I, I'm, I'll, I'll pull up the exact numbers in a little bit, but his looked the worst on paper. But I think we can all agree that he has the highest ceiling of any of those guys. Mm-hmm. He... Like he, well, we're seeing Gino's ceiling now. Yeah, and Gino, that's... Gino actually looks pretty good. <laughs> well, Gino's but got weapons. Z- and good Z- Zach Wilson went throwing from inside the tackle box in under two and a half seconds. So, like, getting the ball out quick. 40 of 52 for 365 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Six in yards per attempt, eighth in completion percentage. That That's what I want to see more of. Just trying to like trying to game plan some of those quick throws, like your quick out route, like some of those screens, some of those underneath passes, because that's what he needs to. He's looked good when he gets the ball out quick, and he he's shown that potential of being that on the run guy who can get out of the t- who can break out of a sack and do something with it. But you see guys like obviously Josh Allen and Lamar are the exceptions, but even sometimes guys like Burrow and Mahomes they find a way to get out of the sack and they. They make a play, whether it's being able to know when to run and slide or know when to make the throw. It's just I I know that I knew there were going to be growing pains, but that that game that game just hurt. It was it was such a winnable game. The fact that you're even mad though about like losing a winnable game and being five and three going into the bye. Or going into the Bills if, and then the bye. Like, <laughs> like if, you were, if we were telling you that you were going to be like this before the season, I, you would have been like, Zach Wilson's is amazing. I feel like you now. <laughs> if, if you would have yeah, told me if that. you experience a little bit of success, and then you have high expectations, and you can never meet those expectations, and you get upset, and then everyone gets mad at you for being upset. It's the life of a Chiefs fan. If you would have told me that the Jets are 5-3 and three and I'd be mad, <laughs> I – it's just – it just we we could easily fall to to five and five now the next the next but like two five weeks. and five you probably would have been so hyped <laughs> that's true now you're five and three you're like because <laughs> you see the light at the end of the tunnel you can make the playoffs this year did you anybody expect once you play Buffalo the second time I mean it's a very realistic possibility that you drop to Buffalo New England Minnesota and Buffalo and only beat Chicago in your next five games. 
But then after that, you have Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami. Which are all winnable yeah. games. Are you at Se- are, are they home against Seattle? They- it's at you Seattle, at New Miami. England, too. In Foxborough. Looking, I, I I did like a schedule predictor thing, just, and just I, ta- just I, take I, a, I have us going. That's a hard. I have us take a, going. Take it one game at a time. Eight. <laughs> take, I take. I'd say eight to nine. Eight to nine wins is probably what we're gonna be at. Well, if they they, they get the nine wins, I I'm assuming they got you got to beat the Patriots. I think. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm assuming we we outplayed the Patriots, so I think I think we can beat them next time. I have t- two losses to the Bills. So what's that? We're five and three. Two losses to the Bills. That's five and five. Beat the Patriots six and five. Uh, lose to the Vikings six and six. Beat the Lions, then beat the Lions, Bears, and Jags all at home. That's your nine wins, and then a loss to the Dolphins is nine and seven. And then that Seattle game is like a toss up. I'll give it a loss because it's on the road. So nine and eight. But y- you could easily rotate that either way, whether it's seven and ten, eight and nine, nine and eight, ten and seven. They're yeah, all actually, in the rum. Actually, possibility. on Twitter, I just see the rest of the season NFL strength of schedule. Based on current evaluation, the Jets have the second hardest schedule left. So, uh, Giants are at 19th. That's probably because we play the Bills easiest. twice and we play the Vikings. Jeez, so, like, Jeez technically, that seems really. I, I don't Flash. think the Vikings are as scary as everybody thinks they are. But. And it's then, like. It's tough because, like, the one time everyone has watched them on primetime, they were terrible. And then, like, you just see them in red zone. You don't like, like watch a red, like a Vikings game when they're it, actually it doing just, well. I, I, I feel like what the Vikings do every week, they get, like, an early lead. Yeah. They let the lead shrink, and then they find a way to win at the end of the game. Yeah. But they're doing that against, like, the the Bears. Like, obviously, the car, they did to the Cardinals, but I don't know. They're, but the thing is, anytime a team finds a way to win all those close games, you know they're a pretty sound team. And I think Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. Yeah. Looking at last year with the seven seed, the Steelers were nine seven and one and made the playoffs as a seven seed. The Eagles were nine and eight. So if you can get to nine wins, there's a very realistic shot that you shot can make the, make playoffs. the playoffs. It just depends who, as well, is gonna. Like I said this last week, if you can get to ten wins, you're probably guaranteed. And I think it's gonna be true. I think it's gonna be between the Chargers, Dolphins, Bengals, and Jets for the three of the four wildcard teams. I mean, you benefited from Cincinnati looking bad, but obviously I'll take their offense, though, over the Jets' offense. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bengals have a tough schedule. Dolphins probably make the playoffs, definitely. They look good right now. And LA's got a pretty, LA's got a pretty easy schedule, so I'll probably take the Chargers in the playoffs. I don't. I, I just don't think the, char- the Chargers just I don't think the Chargers are good, but much. I'm, I'm going to take the, the Chargers. Uh, let's, uh, they got at Atlanta. Um, if they lose to if they lose to the Falcons this week, they're done. <laughs> they got to beat the Falcons. They do play the Niners, Chiefs, Dolphins again. Uh, Dolphins, Titans. Oh, yeah. Brandon Rams. Cooks was not seen at practice today. Giants and maybe? they play on Thursday. But oh. Tunsil, what? Like if the Jets were to make one move, I would I would trade. I would. Mm, I would want to trade for Tunsil, but we are getting two tackles back, so I don't know. It's just. Also, another thing about that game is that we were missing two tackles, and it was our first game without Vera Tucker. So, Wilson has played with the carousel of an offensive line. So, we'll see. Well, it is 133. 
You're listening to Scoop and Score on WXVU 89.1 The Roar. I was sick over the weekend and my voice is still recovering. So this is why I sound like this. But uh, V89.1 The Roar is proud to announce that we can be heard on 89.1 all day, every day. For the first time in Villanova's history, listen to our programming anywhere on the main line on 89.1, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week with our now full-time FM signal. Uh, we've got about an hour left here. Uh, we'll wrap up the NFL, talk about college football in a little bit. But first, the New York Giants. Giants, Giants lost two. Lost. Uh, you would think you would think that like the season is over for everybody in New York <laughs> I'm, sports. I'm happy though. You guys are both doing. Unlike Jason, like who's crazy. miserable, I'm very excited. You were t- you told me on Sunday night that the Giants probably wouldn't make the playoffs now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? I was. That was a. Uh, that was a. Uh, Sunday reactions, but uh, after sleep, I I have calmed down. Um. Yeah, that was definitely the worst game of the year. But, I mean, we're still 6-2 and two at the bye, and, I mean, if you told me that, I would have been like, you're crazy. So, and this has come at the perfect time, because the last four weeks, we've gone to London, we've gone back to New York, we've gone to Jacksonville, we've gone to Seattle. So we've literally just traveled across the world. So this is the perfect time to, <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect time to just chill, because literally we went from London to Seattle in three weeks. Um we're definitely not talented enough to overcome two special teams punt fumbles. Thank you, Richie James, uh, for that. Are you out on Richie James now? Absolutely. I I don't. I mean, guy's a fumbling issue, and he he's just. I don't know why he was returning punts. Wandell probably has to return punts now, but we're not good enough to overcome two special teams turnovers. That they they got ten free points with that. So worst case scenario. Seahawks are up 17-13. You're driving down the field early in the fourth quarter. Instead, it's 27-13. Score wasn't game was closer than the score, though we couldn't really move the ball on offense. So I credit the Seattle coaching and I credit their players because they limited Saquon to like 50 yards, and Daniel Jones couldn't get going running. And our run game is proponent or our pass game is proponent on our run game. So if you take away our run game, you pretty much take away our play action. You take away our boot legs. And Seahawks literally don't have to cover any other receivers because they can't catch or separate. So, like, the point is if you take away a run game, you pretty much take away our offense. Uh, breaking, breaking news, breaking news. The Bears are trading for Chase Claypool. What? <laughs> so they gave up a second-round pick. Why? <laughs> to help Fields. You got to get your quarterback some receivers, I guess. The Bears? A second, a second round pick for Chase Claypool. What did the we pack- gave up a third and a six for Tony, and we could have gotten Claypool for a second? What are the Packers doing? Not wanting to get Claypool. Yeah, what are the uh, Packers doing? They're for the Bears. They're helping Fields out. They don't really care about that defense, I guess. But I mean, I don't know why the Bears wouldn't. Because what I think the Giants are doing, and I'll well, talk about I that. I just said the Bears are back. <laughs> What, what I guarantee you, call. I get Chris in here. <laughs> what the Giants? We could call Chris. It's not a big move. Oh, we got to figure out how to get the phone to work. It's not that big of a move, Claypool. But <laughs> like, actually, have someone call. There's literal dust on the on the phone in here. I don't think anyone's ever used this. What do we just like put the speaker? Put it out like this on speaker. 
Do you want to try that? It's not sure. a big move. We're going to call Chris. <laughs> Get instant reaction from the one Bears fan we know. <laughs> Hold on. I'll, I'll call. All right, keep, call. Talk, keep talking about the Giants. <laughs> No, I want to hear this now. Keep talking until we get Chris on the phone. Chris is probably in class. He's an engineer. Oh, it's rigging. Oh, he, he's definitely in class, but... Oh. I'm saying the Giants are probably not going to do what the Bears just did and just trade away picks for a receiver. At least day two picks. Uh, the Giants are probably going to want to draft the receiver to get four f- rookie years out. So I wouldn't be surprised if we make a move... Oh. Day. Or Chris don't did make not answer. So the Bears. We'll let everyone know if he calls the back. The Bears basically traded Roquan, who had, who is uh, an upcoming free agent, into a fifth round pick in Claypool, who has a year and a half left. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I I would have just drafted a receiver next year, just like the Giants. Well, they might do. need to draft a quarterback next year. No, Fields is Fields. Fields is progressing every we'll, week. We'll see now. I'm I'm liking Fields now. Now he is a real receiver. Yeah, but the Giants. That was electric. Um, well, the, that was so fun breaking that news. Well, the the Bears just showed that they they think Fields is the guy. I think Fields can be. I do, but it's going to take a some a little bit more of the season to see that. Um, yeah. So maybe the Giants will get like. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a Kendrick Bourne or Khalif Raymond just for the season, trade a day three pick. But I've heard rumors that the Giants are in on a lot of guys like we, we've offered for Judy and Cooks, but Cooks. Has an eighteen million dollar cap hit next year, um, and want they want a second, and then Judy, I think the offer is a second and a fifth. Joe Shane probably won't trade a second round pick for Judy. Um, I would rather just keep our picks and just get four years of rookie deals and have Joe Shane draft his receivers. So like twenty twenty three is going to be the year when we fix the receiver situation. So um, yeah, I mean I, I mean Cooks hasn't been seen at practice, so if we got them to pay. For that eighteen million dollar cap pick, because Gi- Giants right now are projected to have the third most cap mm-hmm. space next year. I don't think like Joe Shane wants like Cooks to eighteen million dollar cap hit next year for Brandon Cooks. So the Texans would have to pay some some money. But um, yeah, we we definitely I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got like a lower end receiver for just like a fourth or a fifth. Um, what else happened in the game? Defense I thought played well, except for the fourth quarter. But Jory Jackson's been playing like an All Pro. I mean, we got some really good guys. Adoree, Dexter, like on defense, Leonard Williams, Thibodeau, a solid game. Fabian Moreau, again, pretty much shut down Metcalf for what I – I mean, Metcalf had like 50 yards, but – He had like he had like six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Did, did he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he didn't score a touchdown. Let me check. Yes, he did. Oh, he did. He was wide open. On one, yeah, but okay. Besides that, he though, had six catches for fifty-five yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so fifty-five yards. So uh, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to be honest because I think, and we shut down Walker pretty much except for the last play, and Lockett, Lockett, we couldn't cover. But, uh, yeah, pretty much our special teams just ruined that game for us. But I'm not sure if we would have won either way because our offense was pretty mediocre. But like I said, we're six and two at the bye. Bye week comes at the perfect time. We're gonna get healthy. Um, definitely our O-line was trashed because we have two starters missing. We need Galladay back. I can't believe I said that, but we need Galladay back um, if we don't get a receiver right now. Our next three games are Texans, Lions, Cowboys. So we're home against the Texans and the Lions. You would think we would win both. All right, they're the two worst teams in football. So if we're 8-2 heading into Dallas at Thanksgiving, 
that's going to be a great uh, NFC East game compared to what I thought earlier in the season. It's like, oh, the Cowboys may whoop us. They they may still beat us, but like eight and two Giants against the possibility like eight and three or nine and two Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The ratings for that game, gosh, that's gonna be that would be that would be pretty insane. The ratings for that game is gonna be pretty. Is the NFL scripted? Because they they gave the Giants a lot of uh, a lot of primetime games when they weren't expected to be good, and now somehow they're good and they have all these good (laughs) games coming up. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I could. uh, I don't think it's. I don't think Thanksgiving games are considered primetime games, but um, I would consider this primetime game for the Giants. So while Jason's more pessimistic on Wilson. I'm like, well, Daniel Jones, like, he, he's always progressing. He came back to earth a little bit this week because, like, I thought they, although the Seattle Seahawks did a good job coaching up and stopping our offense. But it's clear that the Giants do not trust any single receiver downfield minus Darius Slayton. Um, so our offense is 100% limited. Right now, what we do because it it can't just be Saquon and Daniel Jones like that's just not there. That's easy to stop. You just stack the box, and like it's like they could just man coverage us because we have no receivers to get separation. We're starting Marcus Johnson who can't catch for his life. Um, yeah. Uh, so and Joe Shane's gonna speak at four thirty. So I'm excited to see what he says. But Joe Shane still so has... So do you think a move will be made or no? I think a move will be made, but I think it'll be a low end move. I don't think it'll be Judy. I don't think it'll be Cooks. Claypool is already... Second round pick, Joe Shane would never give a second round pick for Claypool. Do you, how do you think this changes the rest of the market, though? Like, the Broncos aren't going to want anything less than a second round pick for Judy now. Yeah, they... Well, I, just, I said that the Judy... If I'm the Packers, I'm giving a second for Judy. I, they said Judy is probably worth a second and a fifth. So, so the Giants so are going to get anyway. Giants similar are not to what Roquan. Giants are not going to get you. So the one need the Giants have is wide receiver. They're not going to address it. I they're going to address it, but they'll probably give With up a, a day three pick. Like a, it's not like we need a star receiver right now. We're still like this is a foundational year. We're not going all in this year. Like obviously You're six and two. There's still limitations. Yes, but this game showed our flaws. Like we don't have. The best passing offense. Do you think Kenny Galladay could be the guy if he comes back? Do you think Jerry Judy, like, completely changes his offense? No, it helps, but it doesn't make us a top 15 passing offense. Do you think Galladay can be good? I actually do. I think Galladay can be, like— I saw he had a a good interview. Yeah, I think he can be good. I think, like, he's motivated now because he's like, I've never been a part of, like, a six-win team this, like, early in the season. Like, this is the best team I've been on. Like, I, I want to contribute. I'm like, you know what? I actually like that. Now, he's not a fit on the team, scheme-wise, but I think he can actually be a help. Like, if the if the number one corner is coming, God, they, it frees up Slayin' and, and Wandell. It's obviously really good for us so far. Uh, Ballinger's been a big loss at tight end. But Saquon, I mean, Saquon's the offense pretty much. And if you, you stop— guy, uh, Myrick. <laughs> no, uh, he's fine. But if you stop Saquon, Sean added him in fantasy. This that was just such a bad. I don't know why. I told him that. I'm like, why did you add Myrick? <laughs> We're just gonna be running the ball all day, but we didn't. We couldn't run the ball against the Seahawks. Credit them. Credit their coaching. Seahawks got really good coaching, and they they kill like just like the Jets, Jets and Seahawks. Oh, they killed the draft. They killed yeah. the draft this year. They killed it. They killed it. So. Go well, G-Mando, 6-2. And, and now it is 145 here on the East Coast in Philadelphia. 
on the main line in Villanova's campus. Uh, that's pretty much all we'll talk about today for the NFL. Chiefs run a bye, unless there's more breaking news that we get as the show goes on. But for now, um, Villanova University Tech crew holds office hours every Friday from noon to 4 p.m. in Tolentine, room 9. Office hours is open to everyone, both current VUTC members and students interested in joining are encouraged to drop by. If you're not able to make it to office hours but you'd like to discuss something with VUTC or otherwise schedule a training and or meeting, please email us at contact at wvtc.com. On to college football, the college football playoff rankings by the committee come out tonight. First one all year. Every year, this is probably the best, one of the best arguments to get into about sports. You can find any point of view, any reason to say that some team is more deserving than another. Um, always gets very contentious. Tapo is a big SEC homer for, I don't really understand why, born and raised in New Jersey. South Carolina Gamecock, uh, go Gamecocks, had a bad loss this week, though. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> I wish I could can be good. Sorry to my friends and my sister that go to South Carolina. Who would have watched that Missouri game? Mizzou game. <laughs> that was rough. So South Carolina is not going to make the playoff. I think we can all agree on that. No. But uh, other SEC schools can, just like Bama and Georgia and Tennessee and Ole Miss. And I didn't even know Bama's playing LSU this week, so that's going to be intriguing. And they're at LSU. I think the top four tonight are probably going to be pretty clear. It's going to be Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, Georgia. Yeah, it's going to be those four. It'll probably be Georgia 1, Tennessee 2, or Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, and then two Big Ten teams straight four. And Because they always like to set up the matchups where like, they'll put two teams in that are going to play so that when one of them wins, they're still in. And the other one loses, they can drop them out. Yeah, Michigan's definitely four. I'm intrigued to see how they do the other three. They'll probably have Ohio State's not going to be one. I'm intrigued to see if Georgia or Tennessee's higher, though. Like, you can make an argument Tennessee should be one. If if I was me, I would say Tennessee would be one. And then. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, honestly it, it, maybe Ohio State two, I, Georgia three. I feel like, like this week, Tennessee plays Georgia this week, right? Yeah. So that. That's gonna that's gonna change everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If Tennessee's two and Georgia's one, it just if whoever wins that game, if do they play each other in the in the SEC championship game no. potentially, or are they no no they're in the same division. Winner plays Alabama, unless Bama loses. That's annoying. I think at this point, even if Bama loses, <coughs> no, because Ole Miss. Well, Ole Miss lost. If Ole Miss could so could Ole Miss only has one loss. Yeah. Okay. Is there a situation sure. where both those teams get in? Well, here, here's here's Ole what here's what I here's what I saw on Twitter. All right, I'm gonna give you the situation. Which four? And listen closely, okay. Which four? How would you do this? Who makes a playoff in the situation? You ready? Ohio State, thirteen and zero. Michigan, eleven and one with a loss at Ohio State. Alabama, twelve and one, won in the SEC championship. Georgia twelve and one lost to Bama in the SEC championship. Tennessee eleven and one lost at Georgia. Clemson thirteen and zero. TCU thirteen and zero. 
The Pac-12 winner, 12-1, and one, either USC, UCLA, Pac-12 winner, I feel like can't make it based on Oregon's week one game. Which it, it's, it shouldn't be like that, but with a four-team playoff, you can't justify a Pac-12 team being in in that scenario. Yeah. Who makes it? Wait, so in this scenario, TCU has to make it. Undefeated, I, I tweeted, undefeated I Big tweeted Ten champ. Mine. I tweeted mine, my, what I would do. Uh, can you ex- tell us for everyone who doesn't have tweet notifications <laughs> yes. on for your Twitter? I apologize. <laughs> I said Ohio State definitely because they're 13-0. Okay. I would I say Bama because they're 12-1 and and they won the SEC championship game. I'd agree. I said Clemson because they're undefeated champion. Yeah, I'd agree. And I, said, and I said TC because they're undefeated yes, champion. I agree with everything you said. Now what if TC is 12-1? and But they win and the then, Big 12? But they win the Big 12. Who's their loss to? Oklahoma State. When do they play Oklahoma State? I'm sorry. Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. Do you think Oklahoma State's going to make the Big 12 championship? Yeah. Right now it looks like it's going to be Kansas State. I think Oklahoma State can make it. Who do you think beats Kansas State? Does Texas play Kansas State? Is Texas good? Is Texas good? Texas Kansas almost State Texas should have beaten Bama. Womped Kansas or womped Oklahoma State. Who? Texas? K State oh K State Texas plays this week. Kansas State is good. So winner of K State Texas, I would they say. They had a fluke loss against Tulane that's gonna keep him out of the playoff, but all right, assume let's just say Kansas yeah, State that beats. That Kansas State Oklahoma State game was an let's absolute. Just, let's just say Kansas State beats TC in a Big Twelve championship game. Oh, then no. If TC doesn't win the conference, they don't make it. Undefeated. Then would you would you put Michigan in or would you put Georgia slash Tennessee huh? in? If TC loses to Kansas State in the Big Twelve championship game, they're not going to be undefeated. Yeah, but let's just say they win the Big Twelve championship, but they have a loss already. So who's their loss to? Is the question Texas? Because mm. they're at Texas. Uh, I I feel like it's hard to justify them over what is it one loss Georgia and one loss Tennessee. How does the game at Texas? Go? I said if TCU was twelve and one, then Georgia would be at my fourth. How does the game? It depends on if they do they get blown out of Texas. Is it close and they lose in overtime? Do they look good losing? I think it comes down to that. It's but I cl- think there is definitely a path for TCU if they have one loss. Yeah, I don't know. I said Georgia would get in if TCU had a loss. If Georgia beats Tennessee. If Georgia beats Tennessee but loses the Bama in the SEC championship game. Similar to last season. I think it depends on how Georgia, A, looks against Tennessee and B, looks against Bama and how TCU looks in their loss to Texas. Well, I feel bad for Tennessee because Tennessee is at Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's favored by 14. That's gonna. Uh, you would hope. Everybody's going to cheer for Tennessee, but I'm not sure about that for Tennessee. Can you admit now that we need a 12-team playoff? Yes. Okay. At least an 18-team playoff. Because you got eight good teams right here that can make the playoffs. I just read off eight teams. How stacked would that eight team be, playoff be, if you have Ohio State, Michigan, Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, TCU, and the winner of the Pac-12? That's a stacked 18-team playoff. 12-team yeah, playoffs. That, that's what I've been saying this whole time. Well, I've always wanted. I, I said six, you've always said it would. There's only two good teams in I, college football no, this year. Well, I said you said you said it in, back in July. I said if I wanted to, expand, Ohio State and Alabama are the only two good teams in college football. this that's year. That's right for this season. But this, what do you mean I'm that's saying, right for this season? No, well, hold on. Tennessee I said won. I said if we wanted to expand the playoffs, I think eight, six to eight teams is a good range. Now, I mean, I don't mind twelve. That's just what I would say. I would say you eight. said this year there's only two good teams that we don't need to expand at all because four is too much. Well, this well, well look, they may end up. In the championship game, but this season right now, it's, there's a lot of deserving teams to be in the playoffs. This season right now, 
Tennessee booked, is better. I booked the championship. Tennessee game. is better than I booked the championship. Alabama. Game. You you booked you, it and then said right that now, you don't need any other sure, playoff. Sure, sure. Right now, the right now, teams. Tennessee is better than Bama, but that may not be the case in four weeks if Tennessee loses to Georgia. It may not be the case, but we don't know. We don't know. That's what I've been saying this whole time. We don't know how this season's going to shake out. We don't know. Let's not just hand the championship game to Ohio State, I Alabama. Did, well, I booked it, so it's probably going to happen. The championship game. You I, said we don't even need anything else because it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. There, it's it's not a guarantee. It's a guarantee. Ohio State's definitely making the playoffs, and Bama's. Got to go undefeated. That probably Michigan will. Michigan looked, has looked a lot better in Ohio State. But Michigan's at Ohio State. That's why I'll take Ohio State any day. But Michigan is probably better. This year, Michigan looked better. Yeah. But Ohio I'll, State struggled against Penn State until the fourth quarter. Michigan dominated the whole time. I'll take the home team in college any time of the uh, any day. Any day I'll take the home team. Sorry, in college sure, football I'll take the home sure, team. Sure, but but we don't when we don't have them playing each other yet. There isn't a way to decide who's better. No, Except for looking how they're playing. Yeah, you could. Yeah, again, you could say Michigan's better than Ohio State right now. Yeah. But when they play, and it's Michigan at Ohio State, <laughs> I'll take Ohio State all day, any day. I'm not going to guarantee that Ohio State's going to be in the championship game. I'm going to say yes, they'll be in the championship game. But you do you, and <laughs> I'm just gonna. It's a long season. It's an exciting season. I'll take. I'll take the. Field. It's fun to book in July to see how. If that's possible, it's if not Ohio fun State. to book if you just book teams one and two. Uh, I didn't you look book. at who are the best two teams on paper right now. They're going to play the championship game. Yeah, well, might as well not have a playoff. Well, it's intriguing to see. It's intriguing to see. There's another team that can step up and beat those two. And Georgia Tennessee, right now, Tennessee literally and did. Georgia and Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. literally stepped up and yes, beat Bama. They beat Bama, but that doesn't mean that they're not. They're going to be in the playoffs. They could. They could. We'll but see. yeah, now they have to beat Georgia. They got to beat Georgia at Georgia. Somehow, somehow. Every single year, Bama plays nobody in their whole schedule, and Georgia plays no one in their whole SEC Bama schedule. Is at, and then a, all of a sudden, Tennessee gets good, and they have to play both Bama and Georgia. Bama's at a ranked LSU. That's ridiculous. Bama plays a ranked LSU team at LSU, and then they go play a ranked Ole Miss team at Ole Miss. So Bama's going to earn its way into the SEC championship game. They have two ranked There's, games no, the, on the road. You can't, you can't just and then they have to go play Georgia teams that have looked bad this whole year. And say, oh, Bama's earning their way in. Ole Miss has looked fine. How well, did, what, well, is the score? Well, what is the score of well, Ole Miss versus? Well, hold on. Bama has to beat the SEC champion team in the, in the other division to get in as well. So Bama would have to either beat Georgia or Tennessee as well. Yes. So Bama's going to have to go undefeated. Bama has, but Bama basically so has Bama to goes undefeated. To the SEC will they championship it? game. Will they deserve it if Bama goes undefeated? Yeah, they'll deserve it if they go in. Yeah, well, Bama loses in the SEC championship well, I'm just game. Saying, they're it's out. ridiculous that Tennessee has to play Bama and then has to play Georgia and then has to beat Bama again in the championship game. They, they when they, when Bama or Georgia well, never has to. The do that. committee may still get them in. It depends. Whatever. Should, it a quick detail on the Claypool trade: the Bears are giving up their own second round pick, not the one from the Ravens. So that'll that'll that's a. That's a very high pick. I have to steal it. Won that. <laughs> that's a that's a good. That's a. I think it's a solid trade for both sides, but I'm shocked that Bears are giving up their own pick. Cause that that could be in the top forty. That yeah, pick. I, I don't know what the. Ba- I don't know. You're probably the thing is you're probably not drafting a guy as physically gifted as Claypool is with your second round pick if you're the Bears. And you look at what the Bears did last year. They drafted Velas Jones, who's turned out to be a total disaster. So maybe they they just say we'll extend Claypool and we think this because Claypool can be a number one receiver in the NFL with his with his like physical traits and the fact that he's put up monster games before. 
he has the build to be like a number one guy on the outside. He's not just like a slot receiver. Claypool? Yeah. And then Mooney doesn't really fit that number one. Now Mooney's a good wide receiver two to have. You could even probably throw Mooney in the slot. Yes. With Claypool out wide. It depends on Fields' progression. I mean, they're a run-first team, obviously, but we'll see if Fields... Let's see that. I mean, they have a number one guy on the Bears. I don't know if he's a number one guy in general, but, like, Claypool's the number one now. But I'm shocked that... Right now, if you look at the current uh, draft order, that's a 13-pick difference between the Ravens' second and the Bears' second. That's pretty significant. I'm shocked they gave up their own. Yeah. I don't know. I'm intrigued to see what the Bears are doing. Um... Yeah, but the end college football, it's going to be exciting to see what the college football playoffs is like. And then, you know, there's a lot of games left to play, you know. Do we even trust Clemson to get it? Like, it's Clemson taking away other people's spot if they go undefeated, even though they haven't looked good. Like, is there like does Michigan deserve to get in over Clemson if Michigan has only lost at Ohio State? Over Clemson, who? Who did Clemson play non-conference? Who's in their non-conference schedule? Because if they, if they if they didn't beat anybody, well, uh, Michigan. I'll give Michigan. Michigan hasn't played a tough schedule. Georgia Tech, Furman. Wait, Georgia Tech's ACC. Furman, Louisiana Tech. That's it. Oh, and Notre Dame. Oh, they're playing Notre Dame later this season. That'll be intriguing. Not, Notre Dame's not good. Well, Notre Dame's been winning. And they play Notre Dame like every other year because of the ACC tie. It'll be intriguing. So Louisiana Tech and Furman are there two that they scheduled. Oh, they are comfortable in Notre Dame. What? It's at. It's in South Bend. Oh, trap hmm. game. Like if if you're the committee and you see a struggle, a, t- a Clemson team that struggled this year, that hasn't looked good at times. Well, they're I'm gonna, undefeated, but they're. I think they it's, struggled against. Or they're the only two non-conference games, like true non-conference, are Furman and Louisiana Tech. They didn't try to schedule anybody, and then you have someone like Tennessee or Georgia. Who like Tennessee played lots of good teams this year. They look good like all the time. Georgia, who scheduled Oregon, and like a tough ranked non conference game. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be intriguing to see. Let's just say they want to get two SEC teams in and one Big Ten team in. I'm intrigued to see who they rank higher, TCU or Clemson. TCU and Clemson are the two teams to really watch for this week. Yeah. Because they can, well, I would you would trust Clemson to win more, I would think. But TCU's look better; they played a harder schedule. People are rooting for TCU. I don't think anybody wants Clemson in the, the playoffs. Everybody wants TCU in the playoffs, right? Because they want a Big Twelve representation, especially because Oklahoma has stunk the bed. But TCU's big trap game is at Texas, so they have to win that game. So that's not a trap game. I think it's a trap game if they're looking uh, at the Big all, 12 All of the Big game. 12 should it's purposely lose to TCU the rest of the year so they can have a team make the playoff. That's what the Big 10 will do. <laughs> That's what the Pac-12 should have done, too. Because if, if a Pac-12 team was undefeated, you could say they, they deserve to make TCU it. TCU plays Texas next week. Next week? Who yeah, do they play this if week? They, it's a bye week. Or, no, Texas Tech this week. Who do they play the rest of the season? Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. How good is Baylor this year? Texas is by far the toughest game on that schedule. Yes. That's not a trap game. Uh, it could be. It could be a trap game. I don't. It depends how far ahead. That's they're the looking. one game they're looking at. They're looking at Texas Tech. They're looking at Baylor. They're looking at all the the tough games. No, they're, they're looking at, at Texas Tech and not Texas. I think they're looking at all the in games. Austin. Yes, there's not. Iowa State would be the trap game. Iowa State would be the game they overlook. 
they're definitely not yes, overlooking the game at Texas. I, yeah, I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. I apologize. Sorry. 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 I think TC will lose though to to Texas. So you can count TCU out. They lose. You think a one loss TCU is done? Over. Yeah, I do. If Clemson goes undefeated, yes. Because I think that if the SEC like, has especially with how the committee's done it the past few the years, SEC they three they re- they like SEC teams even with one loss over other teams. There's not really a rhyme or reason, but just based on what they've done, I doubt they'd change this year for TCU. Like on a neutral field, would you take you would you take Tennessee or TCU? Tennessee, most people. If Georgia, if it's Georgia, TCU. I haven't would watched you, enough of. I'd probably take Georgia I'd just pick Tennessee off the top of my head, but I haven't really watched too much of. I would take Georgia either on a neutral field. Yeah, Tennessee or TCU. Where would this game be played? Completely neutral. And completely neutral. So Michigan. If they played at Ford Field in Detroit. Yes. Between Tennessee and TCU. Yes. I would take the Heisman quarterback, Hendon Hooker, right now, and their receivers. Hooker Hooker's gonna be interesting in the draft because he's already twenty four, but he's played Hooker's well. Hooker's rising up boards. He's fast. he's kind of similar to Pickett, but because P- Pickett also is already twenty four, but it like the the way he's playing this year, you could say he's like a first round talent, but yeah. he's just old, like twenty four years old as a rookie quarterback is. Yeah. On a neutral field, I'd take Tennessee over TCU, but TCU over Georgia. I don't. Mm, I don't know if Georgia probably Georgia will probably just. I'll take Georgia by 10. So you're lower on Georgia than other people? Yes. Georgia had one good win against Oregon, which was in Atlanta. And Oregon is not as good as we thought they were at first. Oregon has won every single game since. Didn't they lose last week? Oregon? They lost to UCLA. They destroyed UCLA. I'm pretty sure they won't oh, they did beat UCLA? Yeah. Okay. So Oregon's good. <laughs> Uh well it depends if Georgia destroys Tennessee then you can't say that but you're right I, I mean I, but then I, well you're you go right back to what you say it's well, just because it was in Athens yes well you're it was nu- neutral but it was <laughs> that was in Atlanta it was in Atlanta. that was in it was in the state of Georgia against Oregon sure <laughs> just like as far as yeah. you can get <laughs> yeah poor Oregon it's not like they like they're playing Alabama in in Atlanta, where they both had to like kind of travel, but not really. Like they're playing Oregon. It's tough to compare. It's tough to compare. That's what the committee has to do. That's the committee has a tough job, and they fail at it every single year. Well, see, because the they can't make everybody happy, right? Especially non-ACC fans. So, all right, Oregon hasn't played anybody else. That's why we think they're kind of good. Well, at least they got destroyed by Georgia and then beat Eastern Washington, beat BYU, who we thought was a lot better than they really were, beat Washington State by three, beat Stanford, beat Arizona, beat Cal, and then beat UCLA. Who do they play USC at all? They have not played USC yet. Do they play USC? No. Do they play Utah? Yes. They play Utah on November 19th. At Utah or at Oregon? In Oregon. Okay. Is Oregon and USC in the same Pac-12 division? I don't think so. They do north and south, right? Yeah. So Oregon's. no, they wouldn't be. So USC and Oregon would probably be the Pac-12 championship if it keeps up like this. Yeah. So there you go. Oregon's Unless got. UCLA beats USC. 
I don't know, UCLA. You know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so USC's not that good either. Yeah, but I trust the quarterback and the coach over UCLA. Quarterback and coach that have always won in big-time games. Huh? The quarterback and coach that have always won in big-time games. <laughs> I know it's a sarcastic, <laughs> but I'll t- – but I- <laughs> The one that you just said like three minutes ago that Oklahoma could never win a big game. Who? You. Oklahoma? Yeah, in the college football playoff. I said that? Yeah. They haven't. You were right. Yes. Oklahoma never won a big game. They can't. They can't. I mean, and you're putting well, your faith in that. Yeah, game. but it's usually like a. Is it like a big game? Like big game? I'm like talking about like. I don't know. The Pac-12 is just pretty. Usually beat Utah and Washington. Well, the Pac-12 is beating up on each other now. Because none of them are that good. Uh, they're. I mean, record-wise, they're good. But compared to the field, yeah. like, would you take like uh, the best big? Would you take all them against the eight teams I listed or the seven teams I listed off? No. They're going to be ahead of them? No. And I wouldn't take Clemson either. Clemson over. Well, Clemson, I'm sus on. Out of the eight teams you listed, I think Clemson's seven. And I, the Pac-12 champ would be eight. I agree with that, yes. I think TCU's better than Clemson. And I hope TCU's ahead of Clemson. Yeah, and I think Tennessee and Georgia are better both of them. So if I had to rank like the top seven, I'd rank, yeah, TC seven, Clemson six, Bama five, Michigan four. Ohio State three, Tennessee two, Georgia one. You could you make put, a case. You put Georgia one. Well, you could make a case for How Tennessee is one. one. You could make a case for Tennessee one. Tennessee should be one. Ten- Tennessee right. is a bigger win. All right, let's pretend Tennessee's Honestly, one. Honestly, I say Tennessee one, Alabama two. All right, if Georgia's fifteen, if Georgia's twenty-one, I would still take Georgia to beat Tennessee. So it doesn't matter what, where they're. Yeah, ranked. sure. I'm not saying who's gonna win. I'm saying at this moment. Sure. Georgia's I put Tennessee one, Alabama two. Sure, Georgia's ten. Let's just present Georgia's ten. But Georgia beats Tennessee. That's the best. That's the best win in the country right now. It depends how it looks. I gotta watch it first. I'll be very. Sh- I mean, the spread right now. What's the spread for the game? I said thirteen and a half. I don't know if it went up. Is it uh, actually thirteen and a half? Yeah, it is. Georgia's thirteen and a half point favorites. Yep. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it went down to eleven and a half. Yeah, wow. yeah. So that's They're how much two score favorites. That's how much people respect Georgia. So, um, would you take Georgia uh, minus eleven and a half? Let me just see again. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, oh, it went down big time. People been in ten, uh, eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'd probably take Georgia. You uh, take Georgia minus eight and a half. You think they're gonna win by two scores? By two. Uh, yeah. I think it could be like a, a probably like a ten point. What game. happened to Heisman favorite Hendon Hooker? Yeah, but I'll take Georgia's defense. The, how is Georgia's de- How have they done this year after the Oregon game? Because they they looked very dominant against Bo Nix, but then everyone remembered Wiz. People also uh, Bo Nix. people also forgetting uh, who Georgia's quarterback is. A dominant they gave quarterback. Up twenty-two to Kent State, twenty-two to Missouri, twenty to Florida, and then they look good every other game. But every other game's Vanderbilt, Auburn, South Carolina, and Samford. Yeah, so. but if Tennessee doesn't score forty points, they're losing this game. They have to score at least forty. Yeah, like same against because Alabama. Tennessee's defense isn't that. They were good. able to to lure Alabama to play their style of football. Yes, but Ten- I don't think Alabama falls for that again. But do you trust Tennessee to put up forty against Georgia? I think Georgia's smart enough to know not to fall for that. Georgia they watch the film, team. and yeah, also the, I think Georgia wins. Also, the Stetson Bennett, uh, the Stetsonator, is going to pop off. You think Georgia wins? Yes. 
So 10th seed. Do you? Yes, I do. I think don't think Georgia's a 10th seed. 10th seed Georgia. I think right now, based on all the knowledge we have, you have to rank Tennessee 1. Sure, that's fine. I, I still think Georgia's better than them. So I guess if you're going by... But that's that's purely based on like how Kirby Smart has done in past years. That's not based on this year's team. Yes, sure. So it feels wrong to rank them that high right now, especially because there's still a lot of season left. Yes. We'll see. College football playoffs. It's a big weekend. It's a big weekend. Uh, let me just see the games quickly before we move on. Uh, Maction tonight. No. Ball State at me... Kent State. <laughs> Buffalo at Ohio. Tuesday night football. Well, it's what it was. What? How many straight days of football starting like twenty-seven? Like yeah, it was. It was it's, pretty it's crazy. Oh, and, the, and then the the only day that there's no football is the Wednesday, like right the day before Thanksgiving. And then so feast week. And then it, yeah. And feast then. <laughs> It's you got the NFL action Thursday. You got all those rivalry games <laughs> over the weekend. So it's like you miss you miss out on one day, and then you get yeah. you get to feast <laughs> over all that action. Like the World Cup is that weekend too. Sure. All right. So you have three point <laughs> games this week. <laughs> what? Well, um, yeah. So you have Tennessee, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame is going to be important, and then um, Bama, Central LSU. Michigan, Northern Illinois. What? Bama, LSU. Not Central Michigan, Northern Illinois. No, that's not. that's gonna be a fun game though tomorrow. <laughs> I you're shot. gonna watch. <laughs> nope, I'm gonna probably do homework. <laughs> wow, <laughs> homework. Ooh, sorry. Uh, Ohio State at Northwestern. That's the type of game they lose every year. <laughs> nope, it's the type of game they'll probably look okay and still win by 45. Oh, uh, Lovey Smith said apparently Brandon Cooks wasn't at practice today because of he wanted to take a personal day. That was why he missed practice. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, Texas K State. That's a good game. Oh, what were the three you named? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I, 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 I didn't even see Texas K State. Yeah. The three games you named. The three like important, the three yeah. most important games. When you so rudely well, didn't include Maction. I would say I would say that four now. I forgot about TC. Uh, duh. You're not. No, you're TC still not going to include Maction. Ohio State, no, not Ohio State. Now, now you're confusing me. Um, Tennessee, Ohio State, Northwestern could no, be good. No, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, Bama, LSU. You included Clemson, Notre Dame, but you didn't include Texas, K State. Texas doesn't play K cases this week. Texas Tech, oh Texas, K State. Yes. Notre Dame is not good this year. Notre Dame lost to Marshall and, St- and yeah, Stanford. Yeah, but Notre Dame beat uh, North Carolina. It's not like a a big win. I guess I guess at Clemson, North Carolina, Clemson's not that good and has a lot of playoff implications. So sure, but and they beat Q's ranked Q's. Clemson, Notre Dame. No, is Q's still ranked? They beat. They beat. Is Q's can be ranked in the ranking tonight? Notre Dame beat Syracuse at Q's by more points than Q's beat Clemson at Clemson, or at Q's as well. So we'll see. We will see. All right, and that and that comes out at seven p.m. So and Wake Forest, NC State, that's a ranked matchup. Yeah, we'll see who can face eight Clemson in the ACC championship yeah. game. A lot of implications. I can't believe you don't like Maction. Nope. App State, Coastal Carolina, that's a big time Sun Belt matchup. Now I'm just naming cool games to watch, but hmm. well, it's now two twelve. We'll go three minutes early because it's a p- good transition time. Um, 
Got the Sunday scaries? Relax. With Sonic Bliss every Sunday at 10 p.m., Sonic Bliss is designed to help you unwind with three hours of trip-hop, dream-pop, acoustic, ambient, and world grooves. No, it's not a long-sleeve show, but if you want to make it out, that's fine. Uh, chill with Sonic Bliss Sundays at 10 p.m. on V891 The Roar. You're listening to Scoop and Score for the next 17 minutes here until 2.30 Eastern Time. College basketball season is almost here. Villanova plays LaSalle to open their season here at the Finn on campus on Monday, which means we are less than one week away. The lottery is open for it. Students are entering to win tickets. It smells like basketball season when you go go outside. It's a good time to be a Wildcat. Yeah. How much do you think we win by? Uh, I think it'll actually be closer than people think. What's the spread? Uh, it probably didn't come out yet. Um, well, great teams cover, so we should, whatever the spread is, we should comfortably cover. Yeah, spread's not out yet. Um, n- I think it'll be closer than people think. I think the big five games will be closer than people think because they have new coaches now. And we're not healthy, like, at all. <laughs> so um, it's also Neptune's first coach game and Nova, right? Yep. I wouldn't be surprised As a head coach. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries new lineups this game. But at the same time LaSalle's gonna be a tougher opening game than I think we expected to. Just because last year we opened up to like what, Mount St. Mary's? <laughs> I think we won I think we scored a hundred points that game. Yeah. Mount um, St. Mary's first game, Howard the second game. Also, it's not like we play Mount St. Mary's and just go across the to UCLA. We play three pretty cupcake opponents. Uh, Temple's going to be actually good. Temple's a game to watch. Well, hopefully, you don't get upset by Temple. But LaSalle, Temple, and Delaware State's pretty cupcake games before then you go to Michigan State. Yeah, and then we're off to the races. Yeah, at that point. But then again, it's like the non-conference. I don't think we have a lot of pressure on us non-conference-wise because I think people know Whitmore's out and Moore's out, and those are their two most talented players. Also, non-conference just gets you a good look at like how you compare to other teams. So I like always facing the number one team in the country. I think North Carolina will be the number one team in the country. And if you look at the PK-85, if you beat Ohio- Iowa State, you'll play North Carolina most likely. And then you see how you match up against the number one team in the country. Because getting creamed by Baylor while like everybody's like, oh my God, like we only put up 35 against Baylor. Well, it helped us throughout the season. It helped us in Big East Conference play. And who made the Final Four and who didn't? Yeah, Baylor didn't make it, and we did. So, <laughs> like, not conference plays is good, but it's little, it, uh, no one needs to be freaking out about non-conference losses. I mean, Baylor also had their share of injuries at yeah. the end of the year. That's true. I, I just want to beat Iowa State. That's <laughs> yeah. If we, we beat we, Iowa State, that means then we play North Carolina. Well, if we beat, if we lose Iowa State, then we play Portland, and I'm like, yeah, and I, that's a waste. I don't really care. Yeah, we have a, to beat Iowa State. Win. And then on the other opposing end, even if we lose North Carolina, we would be playing either Oregon, Michigan State, UConn, or Bama. So we could be playing UConn a third time in the regular season, or Michigan State on like a week later. So it's intriguing to see like uh, how it's going to turn out. But we will be playing tough opponents at the PK eighty five. Let me see Nova's schedule just to confirm. Yeah, yeah, we definitely don't have that. We definitely don't have that like. Because remember, it was like UCLA, second best team in the country. Then Tennessee was oh, like another trade. 
Oh. Uh-oh. The Steelers are trading for Commanders cornerback William Jackson. Not really a big one, but... Why are the Steelers making all these moves? I have no idea. Why would the Steelers want to get a... What's up with... What's up with the Bears and Steelers? Is that Rappaport that said it? Uh, Rappaport, yeah, Rappaport said it. And then I got... I have, um... I follow... Oh. What? Um, I don't even know who... uh, J-A-S. I don't even know who this guy is, but he tweeted it, too. (laughs) It's a random guy named Jordan. Oh. What's up with sellers selling and then buying again? I don't. Uh, they they don't really need Claypool. Pickens has well, a larger role for. They have Muth. I understand, Deontay but do Johnson. the Steelers really need? I mean, getting a second for Claypool is great value. Huh. Intriguing. I saw someone said the Giants were interested in Judy, and the Chiefs called about Josh Allen from the Jags. Josh Allen would be big for the Chiefs. Apparently the Rams I, I doubt that's going to happen. The though. Rams offer two firsts for Brian Burns. And the Panthers said no. Well, what year are those firsts from? Like 2027 yeah, that's, that's and 2028? <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw the Broncos want two firsts for Bradley Chubb. Can you trade that far? Like, is there a cap? Dude, is I don't there, know. Is there like a rule? Like well, how far you can NBA, trade down? The, well, the NBA, you could trade like a 2029 first round. In the pick. NBA, I think it's seven years. <laughs> I it's like the I don't think the Lakers have like their twenty twenty eight pick. It's like that's how far down it is. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's God bless you. All right, Clayton's taking a pause. Uh while Jason <laughs> and I are looking through Twitter to see the trades. There's about an hour and forty minutes. I mean the NFL trade deadline is not like like the NBA trade deadline is usually crazy. Yeah, there's or the been, MLB is oh, the crazy. NHL trade deadline's fun. Yeah, so like the NFL is usually calmer. Yeah, like I MLB is I, always I, crazy. I saw a, a stat though that like over the past few years, more deals have been done, especially in the week leading up to it. Yeah. So <sighs> we'll see. I don't think the Giants will make a move, and I'm okay with that because like I've always I said it, like in August like this like Joe Shane was building for 2023. It just so happened that the Giants are six and two right now, but like the plan was to always like build for. 2023. You think you think the Giants make a move now as we get shows? <sighs> Not for Judy soon? and Cooks, but like maybe a small move, or maybe we're just hoping for like Holiday. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I'll, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm 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 always interested in what the Bears are doing and the Steelers are doing. Huh. All right. Well, I I don't think Judy's gonna get traded. Like I don't think the Broncos want to trade Judy. The Panthers are not going to trade Burns. Chubb? Uh, Kareem Hunt? I feel like he could get traded. Hunt, I feel like Hunt's the most likely guy. Hunt to the they Rams? They just won or? last night. Like, I feel like if they lost, like, got blown out by the yeah, Bengals. But the Browns thing is, they, they, really they, 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 can, they, don't, they can use Chubb and Dearness Johnson. And yeah. they're probably going to lose Chubb and free agency for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Do they read, do, but, I mean, if they can, if they feel like they have any shot at, like, actually making the playoffs this year, they got to keep them. Like, how much That's do they think true. Watson coming back could help is the question. Watson coming back, like is that going to help them turn around their season? Because they're three and five right now. It doesn't seem like Brissett's the problem. No, but like, is Kareem Hunt like, like what? Nick Chubb can't play all the snaps or whatever. Yeah, you don't want to overuse him. It's the best one-two punch in the league. Yeah, but I, I mean, just just playing full time. I mean. Travis Etienne's they're playing ver- full-time. They're both very different players, and they use them very differently. And they both complement each other well. Like, losing Kareem Hunt hurts your team. 
There's no doubt about that. That's why teams are wanting to trade for him because he's going to help them win. So if, if you think you can win a Super Bowl this year or make a playoff run, you got to have everything you can to help you do that. But then they're 3-5 and five right now, and the quarterback that they traded a lot for is out until week 11. Well, just like all Jan is like they're going to just – they're gonna see what like what the offers are. Like if you're getting like anything less than like a fourth, I would say no. The Rams probably are looking for Kareem Hunt. I've heard the Eagles are interested. The Bills could even get Kareem Hunt. So yeah. Well, back to college basketball. What are oh, your yeah. What are your Big East predictions for this year? I oh, I recently told you my. Uh, one to eleven. Do you want to do that on the show? Start with eleven and work our way up. Uh, sure. I haven't. I haven't looked too much. Let me. Let me. Uh. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I can. One thing. Uh, for for me, I would say. Um. Number, probably number eleven has to be Georgetown. It's got either. Yes, it's Georgetown. Georgetown. I mean, I feel like. Like the Paul is not really going to be much better, and they weren't that good last year. I don't know if did Butler get anybody because Butler wasn't too good last yeah. year. Yeah, Butler will be Actually, okay. Oh, it I said think. Butler. Butler got three portal ads. So Georgia, Georgetown got a few transfers. They got Kudus Wahab back. Remember that guy? Oh yeah, he went. He went to Maryland in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that guy was a beast against us. <laughs> so I'll say uh, Georgetown and then DePaul ten. DePaul ten. There's a clear. T- like lower tier, and that's the two. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, Butler got they got. This, apparently, it says they got three big ads from the transfer, so they could be a team that does something. But I feel like they got to be number eight. I mean, number nine. Yeah, I'd put them a nine. Uh, I'll put I put Marquette a nine. I think they lose a lot. They lost that freshman. Um, so I say Marquette a nine. I'll put. It's still. I and mean, they Butler still at have, eight. They have that guy Cola I'd coming put, back. They I'd have uh, Cola at eight. I think I don't know if Shaheen Holloway is that great of a coach. He just got hot at the right moment. Uh, I'm going to put Seton Hall at 8 and Marquette at 7 just because yeah, I think I, Shaka I Smart's better. That. Yeah. Like, Holloway, there's just the there's writing on the wall about Holloway. Like I just, I have to watch him first before I buy in. Also, uh, their, the, Seton Hall's old coach was, like, pretty – I thought he was pretty good. Like, yeah. Seton Hall always – they always seem to be, like, in the mix, playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'll put Seton Hall at seven. And Boy, Saint John. I lost Wait, did, I did 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 so I'm at Georgetown, DePaul, Butler nine, Seton Hall eight, eight Marquette seven. Marquette seven. Okay, so we're at six. I'd put did did Saint John did Saint John's get Carbello from from Illinois? Yeah. That's pretty good. That is a big ad. I would say I would. I get. I'll. I'll be a little bold. I'll put Providence Whoa. at six, just because I think they they were kind of on a magic carpet ride last That's year, true. and like people thought they were going to finish seventh. Like they were pick. I think they were picked seventh in the preseason poll, and I. I just they they did get five transfers, but I think they might start a little. I don't know. Saint John is posh. Posh is back, but Champagny's not right. Yeah, St. John's. Uh-huh. <sighs> mm. 
I honestly, I could see Providence falling that low. I'll go, I'll go Providence six, St. John's five, but I would not be surprised at all if Providence finished top four. I've, I'd flip those, but yeah. Uh, I think Providence. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, would buy them. I think. I trust Cooley more than Anderson, so that's why I'm taking Providence at that's five. That's true. And St. John's at six. And St. John's has no shooting, so <laughs> I'll take. A, and then four. Four. I'm going Xavier. I agree. I like Xavier. Like, there's a lot of hype around them. Well, the, well, the thing is, they have a better like Miller's a better coach. And remember, last year they completely just fell off a cliff. Yeah, they always and do that. That was that. That was like end of January, yeah. early February. Because they were they were what ranked twenty one when they played us at, uh-huh. when 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 we went it's, to the game. At, it started with at the losing fin. to us. I felt like that was their yeah. downfall. Losing they, the, losing to us at home. They lost to us at home. I don't I don't know if they kept. I don't know how many guys they kept, but I'll I think it's it's safe to say they're four because I think you pretty much have a top three. Yeah, like it, it's no year. knock against Xavier to put them at four. Yeah, it's just UConn, Creighton, and Villanova. Yeah, I I put UConn at two. I probably I probably put. I mean, I, I UConn at three. Yeah, I'd probably put us at two, just with our injuries, and then Creighton at one. I'm going us at one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Jason. UConn at three, Nova at two, Creighton at one. You guys it's are just, haters. I, I, th- is this like? I, I think by the end the of the Jets, year, you hate the Giants. You hate Villanova. <laughs> no, I think I, I think by the end of the year we'll be better, but I, it's gonna be tough you can with say, no Whitmore, no more. Well, you can, and you just don't. The one thing that'll the saving grace about like the Whitmore injury is that you're gonna have to put some of these other young guys on the court and yeah. see if they're actually. Like starting like, caliber players. Because there's a lot of ifs with Nova. If Justin Moore is 100% yeah, but healthy. There's a lot of ifs with Creighton. If well, they can actually come together because they weren't able to last year. If they stay healthy because they didn't last year. Yes, if but, the transfers that they got actually stay, mesh well. But we know they're starting five compared to we have no idea who our point guard's going to be and we have no idea have, who Moore's going to be we healthy. We don't know because we have so many options. We have no idea who. Yeah, but we never we seen are, those options too. We're play so out. good. We never seen we those have options. We have so much depth out. that we don't know what our starting lineup's going to be. And I'm not going to knock us for that. That's fair, sure. But then we have to we have to go and beat Crane I think we at can home. Easily figure it out by the time we get to Biggie's play in December. Yes, yeah, sure. But like, I, I would say at Crane's a loss, so we got to beat Crane here at Wells Fargo for us to win a conference. Whoa, okay. We have to go off the air soon. But there's one more breaking news. What? 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 Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. What? I know. For how much? <laughs> Uh, first round pick and more. Wow. So the Dolphins are going all in. Wait, they don't have their first round pick this year. So it has to be next year. The Dolphins? Yeah, it got forfeited. Remember? Oh, yeah, because the tampering (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So they have their, they have the, it's their next year first round pick then. Wow. Well, what a way to end the show. Wow. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for tuning in to like Stupid G- Score on WXCU 89.1. Giants are not going to get any. Tune in next week at 1. Franny face. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Villanova. Go Cats. Go, Go Cats. Cats.
Feel the wind.